The following is a KPV Media Works production. Choose your fighter. And we're on. Guys, welcome to another episode right, of KPV Cast. With me today, I have the man formerly known as Dark Geese, Lucas Allen. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Now, I'm pretty positive. I know you're not hardcore into the North American FGC like you used to be. You used to attend events back in the day. I used to watch you play a lot of KOF. You're an SNK head. So before we go... So take us through a little bit of your experiences with the North American FGC before you decided to do what it is that you do now. Sure, sure. Basically, it's where I started. And uh, I basically started with when I got out of Texas Tech, I graduated in 2005. Uh, I went to school. I met someone named J. Ross 64. He's a Tekken player. Uh, I, I, I learned a lot of stuff from him because of how he prepares. He didn't have a lot of competition around him. So uh, I saw his work ethic. And I told him I told him he needed to go to Evo because he's extremely good. I said, man, you need to go to Evo. And, you know, we just clicked because of his work ethic. And, you know, I, I saw the way he did stuff. And I was like, you know, the way he did stuff, even if it's Tekken, I'm like, I'm going to apply that to what I do. There's no excuse for not being able to, you know, get look, get stronger and, and, and do what you need to do, regardless of your competition or not. You're just going to work three times harder than everybody else. So I saw, I like that. And I took that uh, ethic with me. And when I graduated, uh, I went to Dallas area, like around Denton, Texas. And I met some people that went to me from Texas Tech. And at that point, you know, I kind of found my niche. I said, you know what, I'm going to train up and, I'm going to start going to these tournaments. And I tell people like anybody else, uh, things didn't start off uh, roses for me either. Uh, my first tournament, Texas Showdown, uh, I played Samurai Showdown 6. I got last place. <laughs> so that was kind of like an opener. I was like, all right, I got to work a lot harder, you know? Uh, so something's got to change. But that tournament, I learned so much from it. Uh, I, tell, I tell people to this day, I'm like, you learn more from a loss than you do a win. I tell even the people, I'm like, of you're going to learn a lot. I want to see how you handle lots. I'm not really concerned how you handle the win. I want to see how you handle loss. That's what interests me most. Because I know some people that is their breaking either be their breaking point or that could be where they, they turn everything around. So that turned me that turned me around, long story short. That after that, pretty much, you know, a year or two later, here I am at Evo, going up against Tokido, grand finals with Samurai Showdown and Wow. You know, NGBC and doing all this other stuff and things are just going. But even then I knew I could take my stuff to another level. And uh, that's that's you know, I'm like at that point, USA was, it was like, you know, USA had tunnel vision. Like, all they saw was Asia, which, you know, probably still is now. All they saw was Asia. It's like, Asia's the gods. Like, no one else exists but Asia. Asia's the, 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 god, the gods. Like, there, no one else exists. And so I saw that. I'm like, okay, this is great. But around the same time, I went to Juarez, Mexico. I got an invite from a friend named Penny, 2006. He invited me. He's like, dude, I think you need you as much as you're doing. You need to come see this. So I took his word for it, and I was like, man, I'm going to come down. So I bought a, a flight to El Paso. He invited me to this tournament. It was Juarez National 2006. I crossed over to Mexico just in 2000, KO 2002 alone, which obviously has become a, a rather long chapter. But uh, 2002 <laughs> alone, I saw that. I was like, man, I was like, this is a whole nother world. I was like, whatever level I've seen in Evo, the, 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 the weakest link here would blow that out of the water. I knew that from just seeing. I was like, these people are just so on such another level. It's just like they're around a different world. The, the way the United States plays, plays Street Fighter, 
It was the way Mexico plays KO 2002. That was just Mexico. And I was just like, bruh, yeah, I'm coming back. This is what I need to see. And that really put, put, put things started. I was like, I got to keep coming back. This is great. I mean, yeah. So that just kind of got things going. And Before yeah, we... that's kind of how it started. Yeah, before we uh, get into that chapter of your life with Mexico, because, again, I, I've seen, you know, I, I've seen it over the years. I've followed you on YouTube, everything that you've done down there. But before that, explain to us the Texas scene, the Texas FGC, from the time that you spent there after college and, like you said, going to Evo, just the scene in general, yeah. the Texas scene. Explain, uh, you know, give, give us a little bit of an insight for that uh, for us who live out in New York or in California or the Midwest who's never been Sure. There. Sure. I've been to New York. I've been to California as well. Matter of fact, I spent most of my time growing up in California as I'm a Marine brat. So I grew up on nice. the uh, Marine base. So I also went up to New York, spent time with, uh, with uh, uh, Arturo, Art Sanchez, playing the fobs and stuff like that at a Chinatown Fair. So I went oh, up there. Nice. I went Very up there. Nice. He's like, he said, he said, bro, you're the only guy that's camped in the NYC. Yeah, that's what he told me. You're the first person I know that came up to New York for KOF. So I was like, all right, but yeah. But yeah, Texas, uh, it's basically Street Fighter. It's just like the rest of the United States, man. It's mainly Street Fighter, Tekken, uh, hard to find. You're fighting for KOF people. You're fighting. You got to find people to work hard to try to find people that get interested in it. Or it's like small, you got you to gotta really work hard, which I can understand. So that gives people a, 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 a wrong impression of it. Because they see the people up the street playing it in their local arcade right. or whatever. And so they, they think that's how most of the people play it from other countries. And I'm like, no. There's a world of a difference between what you see here in the United States. It may be the same nationality. It's a world of a difference. I've told people from the, what you see in the United States versus just hopping across the border. But yeah, it's just it's basically just like the rest of the United States. Tekken, Street Fighter, basically they, they dominate. So Guilty Gear, stuff like that. Very low S&K, I would say. Uh, KL 13 is basically when SK kind of took off with the United States, I would say. Real quick, you mentioned Chinatown Fair. Did you play the KOF guys here, like Taliban and his crew? Yes, yes. I played with Chris Hu. We were playing KF 96 in the day. I uh, played a couple of Arturo. Yeah, yeah, I played a couple of those guys uh, while we were up there. I had had a blast, man. Uh, we, Me and Arturo were playing Real Bout Special, a couple other stuff. Man, I had, had a blast. It was the time of my life. Unforgettable, man. If COVID comes, I, w I would love to just go down just to go, you know, kick it, man. I love to just re revisit, revisit those old, old stomping grounds again. So, yeah. Were you, were you always an SNK fan, or um, did you did you dabble in other fighting games before you decided to say, you know what, um, I I, I only want to uh, concentrate on SNK games. I did dabble in other games like Street Fighter Third Strike. Uh, I could play play that. I actually like that game. And uh, so I dabbled in Street Fighter, Third Strike, a uh, couple other stuff. But his SK just always seemed to click on me a little bit more. So, but uh, yeah, I, I played Street Fighter, a little bit of Tekken, uh, let's see, Mortal Kombat, a couple of stuff like that. But I will say I'm mainly, SK is mainly, mainly my mind. Is my, there a I reason guess, why? Hard is, I would say. is there a reason why you uh, love those games more compared to everything else? Is it the characters? Is it the lore? Is it something else? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do play. Uh, I did play like Third Strike uh, a lot. I grew up. I mean, I grew up in Texas, so I kind of had to play that. <laughs> I mean, even to get people to play KOF and other games, I had to play some of that. So I had to show them I could do it for them to even want to listen to me. That's just kind of kind of like getting in the click. So yeah, I played a lot of Third Strike. I could pick it up 
And, you know, I play with Yun. Yun, Ken, Ryu, Chun-Li, etc. Uh, so, yeah, I played a lot of those games. Uh, and I, I, I can still pick them up and play them. I mean, and I'm going to have Latin America play them because they need to learn them because they're good. It's good technique. So, but that's that's going to be another another topic. But yeah, I've definitely a lot of other stuff too. But it's okay. It's definitely mainly where where I, I, that's where my heart is. I guess you could say. So. Now I asked you, uh, is there a reason why you cater more to SNK games? Is it the characters? Is it the lore? Or is it just something else? I would. I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I guess I could say I just feel it feels like they're more diverse. What they, they're willing to try different stuff. Uh, yeah, I just feel like they're more diverse and just That's feel like they're willing true. to try a lot more different stuff, different styles. You've got people like Angel and Bailey, these characters that up until recently you would not see them in a Capcom game. And then that just, that's going into another whole other ball game. You've got Latin American style versus Asia style, for example. We're talking about that. Up, you really won't see Asian players playing Angel, Bailey. Uh, these complex characters, you won't see that, but you will see that in Latin America a lot. So I mean, it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to explain. It just it just feels like I get more variety in an SK game, something that they'll throw you off the radar that you didn't see at the Capcom. Game. You didn't see that at Capcom until Street Fighter Four, and everyone at that point was like, "Oh, look, they're trying to copy SNK. You got Ramon character, El Fuerte, and oh, all sorts of stuff. Vipers, you got, I don't know, Crimson Viper, looking like Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. Before then, it was just the same old, same old, you know, straight up stuff. But they, they started, yeah. I mean, SK had been doing that for a while. Man, so. Well, it's funny you say that. I remember a while back, man, when Street Fighter 4 was on top and some American players went over to Japan. And they asked, what's the difference between Asian players and American players in Street Fighter 4? And I remember a lot of them saying they literally play characters like Viper because they may as well play like KOF characters, and that's never really been seen in the Street Fighter game. And they were just getting their asses handed to exactly. them. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Well, you know everything true. about that. Man. I mean, you got to also realize how these people play. you got to realize how these people play the game. you got to go at it a certain way. And you gotta also realize that country has its own style. So Evo Mexico might be better in, in the Japan in KOF 2002, as I've proven that may be the case. You still learn something from Japan. Like who learned something while he was there in Japan? No fair play. It's different. People understand every country has its own style. Certain countries have its own tier list. I mean, it, it gets deep, man. There's just so much stuff you can learn traveling. Hard to do, obviously, down here. Now, before you started making your way down to Juarez, playing the Juarez players, I know you uh, became the president of the gaming division of LDA. And from what I understand, LDA is basically a, a services group down there that helps, uh, you know, translation, uh, workforce, and everything like that. How did you happen to get a position for a company running game, uh, you know, running a gaming division? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, well, LDA does a lot of different things. Like right now, we do we help with translations, uh, help with insurance. Right now, I've got a Bitcoin app that I run, run that I'm official to run with Bitcoin. Nice. Uh, about to actually start something else on the side that I'm, I'm actually have a record label. <laughs> so <laughs> I just got to go. I have a record label that I just finished having. So I'm actually literally going to be doing being producing for various stuff. Producers signing. What's the, what's artists, the name of the label? Uh, musicians. Oh, well, there's a lot of things. <laughs> there's a lot of different things. 
I like doing gaming for fun. That's what I, tell, I tell people literally for gaming. I don't do it for money. I like, I like doing it to help people. I just literally feel like that's what I'm here to do. Not for money. I don't care about the money for that. I like do it until I don't like doing it anymore, basically. Well, you've been doing it now for how many years? Close to six years, right? Oh, way more than that, man. Oh, I way more. Say, oh, I, I would say I started. Yeah, I would say I started in. I went to Wars for the first time in 2006. So just that has made this. That's made this 14 years. Yeah. And I was just traveling to the United States 2005. So we're talking 15 years. <laughs> so, yeah, long time. Fifteen years running gaming events down in Juarez and all over Latin America. That's uh, that's dedication, my friend. Correct. Fifteen years. A lot of that time, you know, seeing what as far as talent would go in Mexico, and then setting up Mexico versus Peru, Brazil, and then just trying to find out as long as far as this rabbit hole goes. You know, I'm on this process, and it started from SOK, really. You know, with first Emil, you know, saying that such and such was better than such and such based off his online GGPO stuff. And just from that alone, man, it just took me down this rabbit hole that took me the whole nine yards, all the way up to, you know, Mexico or Peru, Hula versus Shanghai. I mean, it just... Uh, you there? We, did we lose him? Oh, dude. We lost okay. you? Can you hear me? Oh, wait, okay, he's back. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. No problem. Took me for the whole gauntlet, man. Uh, starting from, like I say, the whole Emil stuff, saying, you know, GGPO, that Japan was better than Mexico because of GGPO matches. Started from that, man, and I went from that all the way to Mexico versus Peru, Peru being better than Mexico, best in the world, and Kula being Shanghai and M-Dash. So I just, I, I got to see the whole, I went as far as I could go in the whole world, the world of, of 2002. I wanted to see everything. And I can pretty much say, yeah, I have a very good idea of how 2002 works. On the world, on the on the world scale, yes. Well, I mean, it's funny you bring up Out of that, that name. Thirteen of, years, fourteen, fifteen years. You, you bring up the name of Mio, and I remember him. I'm pretty Damn. sure he's roaming around in some form. But I mean, I remember the arguments you and him used to get in the old SRK boards, and it it was pretty heated. He was 100% set that you know Japan had the best talent in KOF, and I got to give you props, man, because. You said, you know what? I play with a bunch of Juarez players. I know the kind of levels that are here in Mexico, well, specifically Mexico at the time. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know this about what you did, but you brought you brought two Japanese players to Mexico specifically to play the Mexican players in KOF, which was, if I remember their names, it was uh, was a Hammer and the other guy was Bata, two top GGPO players. And you were one of the only Correct. people that, at least that I know of, that got Japanese players over there is like, you know what, let's settle it. Let's see. Let's see what 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 would happen offline. And if I remember correctly, it was the Mexican players just mopped the floor with them. Correct. It wasn't even, it was no contest. Uh, especially, yeah, with Hummer. Because Bata, they're like, okay, he's a 98 player mainly. and But he played 2002 UM. And the, the Mexican player beat him in 2002 UM. We're talk and, and so, we okay, so we'll, let's try Hummer then. Hummer, so because it got heated in Hummer, so we'll bring Hummer, and so we we brought Hummer over, and yeah, I mean, yeah, they 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 beat him pretty badly, very mind badly. You, I mean, mind you, they, they weren't only there for two days; the they, they were there for quite a while, so jet lag was not going to be a problem. 
that they they were there for a while. They they played long sets. Right. I remember watching those videos you uploaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there for about a week, man. And so we just crossed them over, and like I said, they were friendly about it, very friendly, and you know, took them, showed them the sites, you know, showed them everything about Mexico, and set up the premier matches, you know, him against the top from Mexico at the time. And then we're not even talking Peru; we're just talking Mexico. That's the thing. So just <laughs> was only just the Mexico beginning. alone, yeah. Against Kula, yeah, man. I mean, Kula wiped him. It was like 10-0. Uh, Zels was like 10-4, like rematch. Kula still, it was like 15 to zero. So yeah, Alexis, a local wires player, he's like top 15 in Mexico, 10-0. Esteban was like 10-2, 10-3. This is for Hummer. And so yeah, I mean, it 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 really got things going because people are just you know wondering how far does it go. Man, they were the best. <laughs> why did you get why, you know you, you brought these two players over and people like Emil still gave you backlash like oh this doesn't prove anything Hummer is a low level GGPO player why were you still getting backlash after doing all this yeah yeah I mean I knew that and so that's why at the time I said you know, I said this back in 2011 let's just know the my process people call the vision I stuck to what I said in 2011 we did interviews, and Hummer was doing interviews with Kula and Zales about Japan. <laughs> so we talked about this back in 2011. I said, hey, we did a video. Who do you think will win if they go to Japan? And Hummer said, he said Tatsuya. It was Tatsuya. That was the name at the time. Mm -hmm. Tatsuya and M-Dash, he said. He says, I said, who? what do you think about Kula versus M-Dash and Tatsuya? And Hummer was like, oh, they're same level, same level. He said, same level. So I, I got, I've got it on the video. It's, it's in YouTube. Where I'm like, hey, these guys are staying same level, and they're watching videos of these guys. And then Mexico's like, nah, man, we'll beat them, bro. We got them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was kind of the beginning in 2011. It took a while because we got sidetracked with, I mean, everything just became Mexico versus Peru, bro. It just like took over. It became Mexico versus Brazil versus Peru, and that just kind of dominated everything for a while. So it kind of. It, it, it made it to where we didn't really get to go to Japan and face Shaohai and face uh, M-Dash and all of them until later. Because then they found a worthy opponent in Peru. They're like, oh, my God, Peru could beat us. So everything just became Mexico versus Peru. Mexico versus Peru, that's the only thing that yeah, but But like I said, even before that, why were you getting so much backlash from guys like Camille? It's like, look, I brought these Japanese guys. They got destroyed. Is that when you decided that it just wasn't worth it dealing with the North American KOF scene? And you just decided to take your project down to Latin America? Yeah, at that point, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm looking at all these people in Mexico, all this talent, man, all this talent. And, I mean, I'm wondering if these people just were taking what we were offering for granted, what I'm doing. Because I'm seeing all these hungry players, hungry skilled players uh, that, you know, needed help in Mexico. So I'm like, man, instead of focusing my efforts in North America, you know, why not giving it to these people in Mexico? They're, you know, unknowns, and look what they just did. So I wanted to I, I wanted to focus there and see how far that could take me. That's basically what happened. I even took somebody from the United States to ours. Uh, this guy from Minnesota. His name is Dojo Destroyer. I took him down there so he could see for himself. And, you know, he, he, he saw on another world, man, playing up in, up north, yeah, playing in the cats of K up, up north, and playing in wars, bro. Whole, it's a whole different ballgame, man. A whole um, different ballgame. So, <laughs> 
you take your talents down to Mexico to the Juarez players. Again, I've seen a lot of those videos, Battle for Mexico 2011. I always enjoyed the Zeus versus Kula matches because I believe I'm pretty sure they're the they're the cream of the crop over there. Their matches were always awesome. So t take us through your idea of saying, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go down there. Like, how how does this idea get put together? How do you pitch it to your bosses? And you know, just take us through it. How, how take us through the idea of saying, you know what, forget it. I'm gonna head down there. This is where this is where I'm gonna um, invest my time. Take us through that. Sure. I've been traveling a lot, man. So uh, I was kind of I had I have I had contracts because I have a master's degree in psychology. So I had contracts in El Paso. So I got a lot of opportunity to every two weeks, man. I was able to go to El Paso, and so you know I got sent to El Paso for doing uh, contract work in psychology. And I just decided instead of standing up in a, in, a, in a hotel in El Paso, I just called my buddies up in Juarez. I said, hey, man, when I get done with this, I'm going to cross the bridge. We're going to have some fun. So hey, you save yourself a lot of money, right? happened every two weeks. <laughs> that was happening. And once I did that, man, I, I, I was playing. So I'm here I am playing myself, you know. And at the time in the United States, my greatest rival was the triad <laughs> from North Carolina. Okay. They were my biggest rival in pretty much all KOF games. I couldn't get over the hump. Uh, once I started going to play Mexico and war, my level was starting to get much stronger, and I saw it. And then once I actually came back, NEC, it was like I have an NEC tournament. It shows me versus Cajun Strike and me versus Peace Soul. And I pretty much I beat 75% of the triad. And I'm like, you know, just from going down there the little bit of time I went to war, playing with K9999. Beat 75% of the triad. So I'm like, hey, this is working. Guys that I could never beat because I don't have the competition around me, I'm beating them now. Huh. So I'm like, I got to put more time into this. And then I put more time into it. And I'm traveling more and more and more and more and more and more. And I never got to beat the answer from California. My first time in Texas wow, Showdown, answer. me and Jim he won. He beat me badly in Key of 11. Yeah, the answer. He's on me, my Yeah, he's my Facebook. They're all my Facebook. All of them. So, but uh, I didn't really, he beat me barely. So now, for me going to war all the time, another year passes by. I mean, going to war, I didn't get to play the triad again, but I got to play the answer. Well, the answer is better than triad. California, the answer is better than them. Okay, well, so here I get to play him in Phoenix. So I'm like, ah, oh, let's see how good where I'm at. Let's see how good I'm at, because I had just went to Midwest Championship. I played just along in the final. I beat him. I ain't careful when I beat him. So that's where we are with uh, with with the answer. So we had set up a tournament in Phoenix. Devastation was the name of the of the, of the event. Oh yeah, I remember and that. We tournament. Got set up yes. an event there. I played the answer. Beat him at everything. Everything. KF eleven. I beat him nine eight UM. Beat him at everything. <laughs> KF eleven. I beat him pretty convincingly. So at that point, I didn't knew for sure. I was like, all right, I'm beating the guy who used to beat me pretty 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 handily. And I'm beating him pretty decisive. At that point, I knew I was like, "This is definitely working." And so I'm like, "Let's let's 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 see what happens." I went to Evil that year. I won in Cap Eleven. <laughs> so I won Evil that year. So I'm like, "All right, cool." What team really did working. you use? What team did you use in Cap Eleven? Next year. Two, Do what? What team did you use in KOF Eleven? Oh yeah, yeah we we. 
that these more technical problems come on man <laughs> this is getting good <laughs> yeah they never put evil in, they never put it in they just start adding evil officially or evil okay 13. that was the very first one we put very hard for that before then they weren't adding it officially so i literally was literally me going to evil every year set it up in the freaking side thing so no i brought all the consoles everything man like the whole SNK section. We had people coming from California just to come for the SNK section. I would, I would set up for all three three days, man. So that's basically what I would do. And KOF 11, 2009, I played Mr. KOF in the grand final. And he beat me. That was from like 2009, Mr. KOF. And he's like the number one guy in California, period. He is the guy, period. So I, at that point, I'm like, wow, he beat me. I want to see how he goes up against the Wars guy. So I set up in the tournament in El Paso. Right after that, I brought Kane, the guy who beats me all the time in war. He's number one in war. <laughs> Remember, we're talking about an entire country of Mexico. We're talking about just one city, okay? To put in perspective, Kane beats me. He's number one in war in scale of 11. Kula beats Kane 10 to 1. So that much different. Kula beats him by that much of a difference. But at the same time, I was able to get second in Evo. From just playing Kane. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I played Kula. Yeah, he beat me. I got on video. Yeah, it was like 10 0. He beat me easily. Careful 11. It was just a totally different level. Totally different level. But the Paso tournament I did, I brought, we, we invited Mr. K up there. We got Kane to cross over. Got him a visa. And it was it was a fanta fantastic tournament. Kane put Mr. Luke K up in losers. And then Mr. Carroll came back and losers to win the tournament. So it, it, was, it was fantastic. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna run it back, so we're gonna we're gonna do a whole KOF 11 <laughs> series now. And I told Kane, he's on my Facebook. You'll see. I said, bro, we're gonna run all this back, man. And it's glory. If I need to, I'll, I'll I'll pick it back up and play again. We're gonna run this back. So get ready. Cause it was it was just it's just great, man. But this is just from one city, man. So imagine if I went, what to all these other cities in Mexico to learn KOF, and I went to all these other countries. There's just no telling, man. There's no telling, man. No telling. So that's kind of the mentality I take now when I help people under LDA. I say, hey, I know I know the secret to getting to that incremental level. I know it. You're going to have to travel. So let me send you to these different places. You can learn from these different players. That's going to make you well balanced. It's going to make you – you would have seen it before. So you see it, and again, you'll be very quick to react to it because you would have seen it so many different times. Kind of, that's kind of my mentality. There you go, man. That's awesome to hear. I, I really – that – you put the tournament together and Kane and Mr. KOF meet up at the end. That's that's freaking awesome, man. It sounded like a great time. What's it like? Um, oh wait. No. Yeah, man. It was it was a time of my life, really. It was really it was a lot of fun. Because at the same time at Evo, I ended up beating Mago and Eno and Neil Joe Battlecrossing. So and that was really just for me playing the triad all the time. So I would argue in Battlecrossing, I would argue the United States is one of the top in the world. I say go head and toe with Japan. And he jumped back across it. Because, yeah, so I mean, it, was just, it was a fun time. At the time when you started uh, going down to Mexico, uh, how were you received? I mean, a lot of those guys are your friends, obviously. But for the people who didn't know you, like, well, what's the mentality of the Mexican KOF player compared to, you know, the United States ones? If, and, I mean, they don't, they wonder if I'm just doing it for money. And that's still people to this day, to this very day, that that's what they think. They're like, oh, you're trying to do it to money. Luchar, as they say. Take advantage. You know, I'm like, bro. And so 
I had to work my way to showing them that that's not what I'm really about. There's still people to this day again that they think the LDA is about. I'm like, no, I'm not. So, but once they saw that and they saw me paying for their flights to come up and participate in these events, they realized no. At the time, again, nobody was doing this. Nobody was doing this. So nobody was bringing people over to Mexico. They weren't doing that either. Nobody. So we were breaking ground there. And once they saw this happening over and over again, oh, it's what they wanted to be. <laughs> so I got more and more invites. And people say, hey, I'll come up. Matter of fact, let me tell you a story quickly. How I met Cooler. Let me tell you a story about that. I was going to Mexico a lot. Uh, he saw what I did with Pata, the first Japanese player I brought. Uh, he saw how they beat him. And so Lecter, my, my, my contact, the organizer in Juarez, Mexico, my Facebook too, he said, man, this guy, this guy Cooler. I said, who is this Cooler guy? He goes, uh, he's the number one player in Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's the number one guy in Mexico. I said, he saw what you were doing, and he got, he's jealous. So he said, he wants to come up now. So I said, okay, he's jealous that I brought Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. He saw what he did. So I said, all right. So he says, he wants to come up to the next one. So I said, all right, I'll take a chance. <laughs> That's what I said. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring him up when, when I play in Hummer. We were playing, and the next guy to bring. And Lecter was talking to Emil. I said, we're going to bring Hummer. He's talking highly about this Hummer guy. I'm going to bring Hummer up. We're going to set up Zeros, who I know is number two in Mexico. Cooler. I'm going to get Bart, Andres, Luis Child. We're going to have the whole guy. Hey, all of them. Against this guy you call Hummer. That's what I said. So, oh, yeah. And the rest of the history. After that, that was just, woo. <laughs> so, I'm grateful still for everything that happened, despite, you know, how things turned out. You look back, and again, man, yeah. It's time the time of your life. <laughs> the time of your life, no questions asked. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back for nothing. Nothing. What's the mentality of the Mexican? Just the Mexican, not the whole Latin American, because that's where you did start. What's the mentality of the Mexican uh, KOF SNK Street Fighter player from your experiences when you started going down there? For when I first going down there, it's kind of different. Um, I'm just trying to think how to. I want to tell you exactly the truth, but at the same time, I don't want to to come off as the um, belittling I guess their mentality for a lot of them there is different it's kind of like they some of them don't want to work too hard for everything they just kind of play due to custom it's kind of how it is it's like it's custom to play and have fun and drink and socialize and stuff like that and so they always when they see foreigners come in some of them they think that you're trying to get money so that's something I had to cross and I ran into a lot and I'm still I still run into some pockets of it People just think that we're trying to just do it for money, and that's not the case. We don't make any money off this, so uh, that's the mentality. But there are a lot of hidden talent and people that just want to go travel and and, and 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 experience things and and play Shanghai and compete against Peru and stuff like that. So it depends. It's complicated, really. It's very complicated because there are some people that they too are looking for just money and they just want to travel, etc. So. It's it's a very complicated question, I would say, to be to say the least. Well, Mexico, Mexico's complicated. Well, a little bit of a follow up with that. Um, with that question, was that the hardest thing that you experienced when you were trying to do what you what you did? You know, like you said, you 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 said it yourself. Some of them don't want to work hard; they just want everything handed to them. Uh, you know, they look yep. at you as like, okay, what's this guy here? What what does he want? Was that the was that the hardest part about your job? Yeah, it made it very hard because they're trying to understand. They're like, first off, you know, I get these videos of Kula in freaking Japan. 
and they want to steal them and upload them to the video stuff. I'm like, guys, I'm not even making money off of this. Like, you have no idea. I just spent $5,000 for Kula to go up there and play, and y'all want to rob and steal these videos and up and put them on, on camera funeral and stuff like that. And I told, I, we had to tell the people Japanese. I said, look, the first time he plays M-Dash, people are going to steal the video. The second time I told him, I said, look, man, the second time you play M-Dash, stream it. But I mean, like, just stream it, like, record it. Don't put it live on the internet. They, they've already shown you they're going to rob it. So just, like, stream, record it, and send it to me in a replay because they're going to rob. They just didn't understand that. But it's just, it's just, that's what gets me. It's like they want everything. A lot of them want everything for free. And if you try to, it's just they don't. It's 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 complicated. It's very complicated, like I said, but it can be draining because they want everything free. Were you a one man show when you first started, or did you have a crew of people that you assigned uh, work to? I'm still pretty much a one man show uh, to this day. Uh, I have Athena that pretty much helps me with all of Mexico outside of Wars now because it's just gotten very complicated. Mexico just gotten so complicated right now, especially with Vegeta going to Mexico. With Gita going to Mexico, this thing just took things up to another notch. That whole whole event. So I've had I assigned, and she volunteered to help me. So she just said, "I'll handle Mexico, so you can focus on everything else." And you know, she's pretty much. I have other arcades I work with in other other locations. That work, but still, it's still me doing most of the work. But just Mexico's so complicated. Yeah, for that, I probably would, it's best to just get somebody to help me with that. Um, after you did everything you had to do in Mexico, you you know, point towards the rest of Latin America. What was the next, what was the first country after Mexico that you wanted to focus your efforts in? Cause I know you've gone through, I, I, you might as well put a roadmap for everything that you've done in that region, but you know, take us through that roadmap. Let's see. I'm trying to think the first, the first, the very first was 2011 when we, after Mexico and all them beat Hummer, <laughs> you know, it's like, what's next, right? You beat Hummer in Japan. In the middle, it's quiet. So it's like game over, right? No. All of a sudden, Kula goes on film. You know, I said, hey, Kula. See, he's extremely confident about what he's overconfident, really. I said, hey, man, I'm going to get you on film. All the stuff you're talking about, Peru, I'm, say it on camera. That's what I said. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. That's what I said. So I recorded this video. Kula's whatever. I forget it was. It's like Kula's words to Buchecha and Salala or something like that. Woo, boy. That video was like the match that got started. That lit the match for everything. That one video set off the fire. So at that point, things got so heated between Mexico and Peru based off what Peru Kula said. That's what started to send it to Peru. And so we said, okay, we'll find it. You know, we're going to send, send, I'll send Luis Cha to first to Peru and Kula will follow after that. And then Bart said, hey, I'm going to go with him. And Andres <laughs> said, if you go, I'm going to go with him. Basically said, let's go, let's go. And so that at Peru, I would say, would be the start. Because once that happened, they saw they were going. Brazil said, you know what? I'm we gonna go too. Whoa, we get to play Kula and, and Bart. We never got to play them. Yes. So Cabasinha said, I'm going. Cabasinha said, I'm going. And Joker is originally from Peru. So Joker said, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna represent Peru this time. So we just had a monster, monster, monster event. First time doing it. So obviously we're gonna fuck up, right? We're gonna screw up, right? You know, it's just that nature. That event could have been so much better than what I know now. Oh, my God. That event would have just been off the, just retarded. But for what we knew at the time, right, I mean, that's when we started with Mexico, Peru, Brazil. 
and things stayed that way until about 2014. 2014, Cesar Dash, who I heard about him because you know a couple times in Peru, Ecuador started talking about how they were they were they would beat him in KF 98. So he says, "Hey man, these people in Ecuador are saying they'll beat me." So I said, "All right, fine. You know what? Let's do it. I'll send you to Ecuador. It's, it's cheap." I said, "Bro, it's like three hundred dollars." I mean, like for me, it's three hundred dollars. Them, obviously, it's a lot, you know, because the the the, the, the nah, currency change. I said, "Bro, I'll send you. Go do it." Little did we know. Yeah, even romance is like, bro. Why are you sending people to Ecuador? That's like a nobody land. Nobody's there. Why? So you doing that? I said, Cesar Ecuador, he beat everybody. But man, we gained so many contacts from there, man. So many good people and good friends and contacts. And they do have a respectable level in 98. They do. Cesar Dash, he said, bro, I beat everyone, but don't be fooled. They got some skill in Carol 98, man. Don't be fooled. And so that was the first country. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say Ecuador would be the first. After Ecuador, I'm just, I'm just trying to go back through memory lane. We got caught up with all the 2002 stuff still. So we just went back between when is cool to come back to Peru because he got his ass beat last time he came here because he's scared. He's scared. And so we, during that time, also, we sent Toshi to Mexico. So it was basically Mexico versus Peru. Peru versus Mexico back and forth. 2016, sent Peru Kula back to Peru. And there was a goal who is coming back. So it was big. He's coming back this time. <laughs> so let's see how he acts. You know, Kula went back. So that in 2016, he beat he beat Toshi. I told Cool, I said, look, man, if you beat Toshi, because he's he's handed you your ass, he's three and over you. I said, if you can beat Toshi, I said, I will send you to Japan. You want to go to Japan? I will send you there. But you're gonna have to beat Toshi. So he went to Peru in 2016 with the objective of beating Toshi. He beat Toshi. He did. But Mono beat him. <laughs> so this guy Mono, due to being cooler, became the star, the guy. That was another, Mono's coming out party. Mono's another Be top cool Peruvian 35-32. Yeah, 50 to 48, he beat him. That was the, that match still is just like, to this day, I would say probably the best KO 2002 match I've seen in my life. Cooler versus Mono, first of 50. The best I've seen in my life, hands down. Uh, yeah, he's another, he plays Mei Lee. He is literally, he's the student of Joker. And so see, Joker is the student of Buchecha. We all know Joker beat Cooler. So it's this Mexican, this it's this Brazilian style play of Mei Lee that just has been under undoing of Me of Mexico because they're not used to seeing that style play. They're not used to seeing it. So that style play is just, just giving them hell. Let me ask you a question. So, um, it, 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 let me sure. ask you a question about Kula. Hey, listen, I, I've seen the videos of him. He, he's a pretty smug guy, and it's understandable. He's very skilled. They're losing to uh, Toshi Humble him. Or was he still very that smug man, afterwards? I'm going to say it like this, because I made a post about it to, to, to this day, and I was referring to it indirectly when I posted it today. I was telling Athena today, I said, hey, some players, when they lose, because he lost to Toshi 40-24 to 24 in 2011. I saw the video. I mean, that was 40-24. to 24. <laughs> So he, before that, again, he said there were no skill in Peru. He said there were nothing. So he... he he said he told me after that match that day, he said he cried. <laughs> he was that bad. <laughs> he was that bad of a, of a humbling of a victory for him. But remember, he lost a Joker 40 to 31. Yes. Awesome. So he got humbled in Peru. Bart did better than him. And Bart's not even a top player in Peru or in Mexico. No, no, he's so not. So they just no. like just changed the whole mentality at that whole event, just like changed everything. 
that whole event, everyone was thinking our cools would come and beat everybody. And that whole event, we started to realize matchups are what makes a difference. We realized that event clearly. Because we're like, wait a minute. Bart beat Toshi. Peru couldn't believe Toshi lost. Toshi lost to Bart. They could to this day, Toshi has not beaten Bart. Every time he goes to Mexico, he loses to Bart. He might beat him now because Bart's out of practice, but that's just been his Achilles heel, the style matchup. So that humbled Toshi. <laughs> so, but yeah, Kula's cool been humbled by his loss to Toshi. Yes. Three, he's lost to Toshi three times, and he's beat him twice. Yes. So, so uh, let's go back a little bit. You got the Mexican players going to Peru. You got Brazilians coming down to Peru. Everybody wants some, you know, some of this KOF yes. action. You know, take, yes. us, take us through all that fun of uh, putting all that together. I'm sure you had a lot of fun and a lot of headaches. Yeah, man, it was a lot of headaches. Like I say, at the time, man, we were just going on the, 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 the seat of our pants, right? Yeah. If, if I did, and I, I don't know. I, I've mentioned this. I'll go on the record. I, I'll tell people right now. The only way I will go back to 2002 right now is for two. Right now, I'm letting Athena and Romance handle 2002. So if you see you, if, if you're on Facebook or whatever, you'll see Las Vegas Force doing a lot of 2002 or stuff right now. The way I used to do it, you'll see Athena Mex doing a lot of 2002 stuff. They'll be like, "Well, what, what was this guy? One guy doing it? Yeah, I'm letting them do it so I can focus on other stuff right now." But if I were to go back to 2002, I told people there's two reasons I'll go back to 2002 now, knowing what I all know going through about the. Female, I call it the Queen of Fighters. Which is something I just the female. It's the fe- it's the female recreation of what you're just talking about. Mexico versus Brazil. It's the female version of that. Knowing what I know, I'll go back for that. And I'd go back for Latin America versus another continent. Because Pakistan has been begging me to get a shot in 2002. They want to play Vegeta. They want to play these other players. <laughs> so I said yes because we missed them. We got so caught up in all this other Shao High and big name M Dash and Tatsuya and all these other people. Pakistan's like, what about us? So I said, you know what? It's not fair that we missed you all on all this. So, yes, I will make those two exceptions. We will include Pakistan and we'll have Latin America's Pakistan and LDA will get involved in that. And we'll we'll tell the people and make sure. But at the time, man, we were just going to see what the seat of our pants, man. We were just planning personal matches, first to 30s. That's what because that's how they did in Peru. And they're not used to that in Mexico because they're used to like first to 15, first to 20. So it was kind of different, man. We were just like literally experimenting on the seat of our plant. So well, we just, I, just playing, playing by ear. I'd imagine you do ten, um, first to 50s, especially in KOF 2K2. I could imagine how oh, long man. those take. I mean, I'm sure you do them because, I mean, when the heck are these guys ever going to see each other again? It's not as if they're free Correct. traveling. You know? It's, Correct. It's, it's, that's a whole other ballgame. You want to talk about first to 50? Kula and Mona, whoo, that's a whole other story right there, man. Let me tell you. How long that's did that some, match some stuff right there. That match took about five hours <laughs> in 2016. Because <laughs> he lost the he lost the first one, 35-32 to Mono. Then he lost the rematch 50 to 48 to Mono. And after that, they have not played again in 2002 because when he got, went back in 2018, he had it is on camera. Kula said, I, I told him, I said, bro, everyone wants to see you versus Mono. You're on the cover of the damn flyer. I put you on the cover. That is the match everyone wants to see. He's on video saying, man, I know Mono beat me. I don't want to play him. I'm coming for Vegeta because Vegeta was number one in Peru at that time. So I'm like, bro, you would just, just admit it that you know Mono's going to beat you. So you just, you chicken shit. So I'm going to count that as an L. And yeah, go ahead and play Vegeta. And Vegeta whooped his ass too. So, What was the score of that? 
Which one? Uh, Vegeta? Yeah. Vegeta, Vegeta <laughs> yeah. versus you, Kula. You'll, you'll see that match. Vegeta versus Kula. All right, that's another history. Vegeta versus Kula, the first time they played was in 2016 when Kula beat Toshi. That At that time, Kula beat him 30-2. to two. At that time. When he came back, the reason he said, Kula said he wanted to come and play Vegeta in 2018 is because Vegeta was beating everybody in Peru. He was beating he was beating Toshi. He was beating Mono. So Kula's like, I want to go after this guy. I want to go after this guy and shut him up. I'm going to beat him because I beat him before, 30-2. to two. I had him on film when they played a match. He says, man, please, everybody plays with those characters. He's nothing. He's sitting in front of Vegeta. He's like, ah, no, nah, I didn't know they're nothing. I have it on film, and that's when he's, he's, he's admitting to Mono. He's admitting that, oh, I know Mono's going to beat me, so I'm not going to play him. And here Mono is blowing up my inbox saying, bro, I want to play Kula. Why can't I play him? <laughs> I said, bro, he's scared. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the score of Vegeta versus Kula, we had them play three times. And that match is right now the most watched match on my YouTube channel to this day. The final rematch between Kula and Vegeta. To this day, that is the most watched match right now, I would say. Uh, the first match, Kula beat him in 2018. It was like 25 to 22. It, 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 but Vegeta, it felt like it seemed like Vegeta was filling him out on the first time they played. The second match, whoo-wee! Vegeta had him figured out. The second match, Vegeta beat him 30 to 10. Worse than Toshi, yes. Worse than the Toshi loss. Vegeta beat him 30, 30 to 10, 30 to 11. It was like that. The final one, he beat him most like 30 to 17. The decisive match that everyone's watching that's on the YouTube that everybody keeps watching. Vegeta beat him 30 to 17. And so from that point, 2018, again, I'm unable to escape the cycle of 2002. Here I am trying to start 98, trying to start these other games, but I cannot escape 2002. People were just, when is the next time he's coming? When's Vegeta going to come to Mexico? When's Vegeta versus Kyle Senior? Now Vegeta's a guy. Kula's forgotten. When is he going to do Vegeta doing this? He's a guy. So I, I cannot escape. I can't escape it, man. I can't progress at all. I can't talk about 2002 UM. I can't talk about none of that, man. It's just like, you know, and at that time, man, here's let me, let me paint in perspective here. Right after Kula went to Japan and beat M-Dash, which was in 2017, at that time, I was talking to M-Dash in private. I said, bro, I said, bro, Kula's not even the strongest. He's like, seriously? I said, no, he's not. I linked him there. I, I passed him that video of Kula versus Mono, first to 50. I said, bruh, in Peru, they are the best. So you didn't play the strongest person. So uh, during that time, he came back. Once he went to, he went to uh, 2018, Peru definitely wanted to beat him because he had just went to Japan and he beat M-Dash, the best in Japan. So Peru wanted to remind him who was his boss, basically, who runs him. And they did that. And so then he goes to China and he beats Xiaohai, right? Oh, God. Wow. And Xiaohai literally is on the record that he thinks Kula is the best in the world. I say, bro, please, he is not. <laughs> I say, Peru is stronger than Kula. I told him, I said, Peru's better than him. So I said, know that for a fact. So he's like, whoa, really? Yes. And so right during that time, I, I told Vegeta, I said, look, man, because you beat Kula, words going around, they're saying you will not beat him in Mexico. They're saying, ah, if he played in Mexico, it'll be different. Stuff will be different. That's what they say. 
So I said, look, man, this is what we're going to do. I literally paid Vegeta $1,000. Literally. I said, we're going to finish this because I need to move on to other stuff. I've been doing this for since 2006. Here we are in 2020, Vegeta. I we need to move. I I can do what I'm doing here in so many other games. So listen, I need you to be my assassin, and I need you to go there and handle as many people as possible. That's literally what I told him. I need you to do it, okay? So I he said, okay, if you pay me this, I will go there and I will not take. I will take as many as possible as possible. Let me so cut you off him. there for a second. We, let, let me ask you this. Yeah, you, go ahead. You know, those, those are great stories, and I love it. Is the reason they don't get rid of that game? Is it a religion in that in that side of the world? Is two K two vanilla two K two? Two K two is literally a religion, man. It is, man. It's a religion, man. It's and here's the thing too. I mean, the fact that the games are pirated, it it, it makes it easier access for them. So they don't have a lot of them. Like the thing I'm doing. Once we get to Peru, we really start talking about Peru, man. Uh, what I'm doing right now, because the first saga was 2002. That was the first LDA saga. We just finished that, so now we got something that's called Project Avengers. And that's kind of, look, taking the model that we see in Mexico, they don't have access to these games. You know, the, the, the dollar value is high, you know, it's different. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a poor country. You know, it's more expensive for them to get this stuff down of there. Of course. So I for mean, them, a lot of them, they're stuck. By all means, they're third world literally. countries. Yeah. They're, they're, they're stuck literally playing these games that, that have been out 20 years ago. I mean, Peru is just now getting to play Neo Wave, bro, and that game came out in 2004. Yeah. This is a five. They're getting to play it right now. Of, I've seen some of the Neo Wave videos you put up. They're just getting it, you know, because I'm, I'm helping them do it. So I'm trying to help Latin America, like, update themselves right now. because And that's kind of why, because they don't – they have access to these, these games, these cheaper Neo Geo games like 2002, because that's all they can afford. Literally, that's all they can afford. They can't afford anything else. How hard is, has so it been for on. you? How hard has it been for you trying to, you know, get this – get this upgrade for them. I mean, it's only going to benefit you and what you're in and eventually want to end up doing. How hard is it? Oh, it's going to benefit them. I, I tell them. I say, look, man, uh, I've been doing this in Mexico for 10 years now, getting these people, you know, starting even helping Bala, you know, getting Bala to go to tournaments from SoCal. You know, I knew he was from Puebla. I mean, that's a story because Bala and Pula and Bala used to actually play, play, with, play, play, play against each other. So that's that's that story there. Bala cool. They're from the same city, Puebla. So uh I mean seeing the change is the, the what's difficult about it is there are people that don't want to change because they're so stuck with 2002. They they like I call them conformistas. Their their mindset is kind of like they don't they're afraid to change. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. They don't want to they don't want to they're afraid to change. So I got to kind of show them that it's okay to change. And some of them people won't do it. They just, is so it I got to kind of, a lot of them, it is ego. A lot of them is ego. I'm like, man, the reason you're so good at this game, and this is what, this is, I tell people, look, this is what Asia thinks of you, man. They think in 2002, the reason you're so good is because you got Angel and Melee. okay? You, they're super overpowered Marvel characters. Without them, they don't think you can do that much. <laughs> so you all need to show them you can, okay? I say, look, they know, they seen what Bala did. They know that. Kev 13, they know that, okay? They saw what Mysterio did, you know? these All, all these LDA people that had LDA backgrounds. They saw that. He beat Shai. beat everybody, okay? but they, So they need to see that y'all could do something besides 2002 and 13, okay? So y'all need to show them that. Otherwise, they just think Mangel and Mayu are the only reason y'all so good. So show them that you can play when a game has balance or a game that has new technique and Angel and Mayu are not over, overly powered. You know, so, uh, you yeah. bring that they're, up. They're willing uh... to do that. 
you bring that up when you had Hammer over there or Hummer. Yeah. You 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 gave them access to have matches in uh, 2K2 UM. Uh, excuse me, UM Ultimate ba- uh, Ultimate yes. Match. What did they think of it? The, the Spanish players. Was that the first time? Was that their first experience with that version of the game? Some of them in Juarez, they don't they didn't really play it that much. So yeah, they have it, and so it was kind of, you know, you could tell, because I had them playing some matches against Ivan. At that time, Ivan was number one, and Ivan was beating Zels, and he came to play. Him and some people from Chihuahua, another city in Mexico up north, they came to play to play Bata <laughs> in 2002 UM. And so, yeah, I mean, they if it's not arcade, a lot of them, they're just not going to play it because they're, so, they're so stuck in their ways. They don't play console. They play arcade. There's some literally players in Peru that I told you, I got on PS2, bro. You know what I'm saying? A PlayStation 2, man. They are just now playing the PlayStation 2 for the first time. Can you believe that? I believe it. I, I believe I read uh, maybe three years ago or something like that. Like some parts of Brazil literally just got the PlayStation 2 for the first time. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. They're already on the PS4. Yeah. How, how could they just be getting the PS2? Well, it's a very poor We're country. actually about to be on the PS. We're actually about to be on the PS5. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they're just not getting the PS2, man. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. So Do they have they a just big didn't arcade know. scene down there in those areas? Man, and as I'm saying, that's another thing about Mexico. When you go to Mexico, and then I can only imagine, certainly other parts of Latin America, I would say Mexico is a second world country. Once you go further, it's a third world country. And why I can tell you that is because this is coming from Kula himself. He told me, man, I went to Puebla in 2008, or 2008, 2010. I went to Puebla. This is his hometown. You know, to kick with him and, other, and people there and meet people. And he told me, he said, man, we were just out chilling at the mall. He said, bro, when you send me to, to Peru, he says, me, remember, I'm Mexican. You see me, I'm not I'm not rich. I'm poor. You see that? He says, bro, in Peru, I'm rich. He said, I'm rich in Peru. My Mexican peso goes so much further in freaking Peru. You know what I'm he says, in Peru, I thought I was poor, bro. He says, I saw way poor, more poor in Peru. So much more, much worse than me. Then you see all these in Mexico. He says, so it's all, you know, it's all relative, man, you know? There a lot of them, it's arcades, man. It's 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 like you're going back to the '90s, bro. That's what I felt like when I go to Mexico. I feel like I'm in the '90s, for the United States, just is, straight uh, '90s, bro. Is, uh, like, even uh, the technology, it's the same. They're trying to record. <laughs> I mean, they're cell phones, but that's why you see cell phone quality. And you don't see streams, stuff like that, because they just we were the first people to use arcade streams in Peru, man. In 2018, we did Cooler vs Vegeta. That was the first time they had used streams in arcade, man. Wow. So, so by all means, video games and in this case, uh, in this case, arcades is an escape for these guys to get away from all the problems that plague their countries. For a lot of them, yeah. And that, but that's another thing. Like that's what. But I tell them, I'm like, look, man, it can be so much more, right? I'm like, now we have a reputation, so I can tell people, look, look at Bala, look at Mysterio, look at Romance, you know, look at all these people, right? That look what they've done. Look at you can even look at Kula, what he's done. Look at these people. I mean, we're offering you all the same thing. And that's what I told Peru. Ten years we've given them Mexico, and you all have always been asking me, when are y'all going to get the opportunity? That's what Peru kept telling me. You see our skill. You see we can beat, beat, beat Mexico. When are we going to get the opportunity? Here, now is your opportunity. That's what I tell them. So now's your opportunity. And they're, they're, they're eating it up. They're eating it up, man. <laughs> so, uh, You know, we've had uh, Josh360 and Summoning on before, and they've always said it's been about bragging rights. It's never about the money. 
is it is it more bragging rights for these guys or is it you know it's like oh you know i want to do this for some money but i mean you tell us you're you're more experienced with them than we are what is it for them for them it's bragging rights it's mexico versus peru it is bragging rights there's a lot of, and i'm gonna tell you this too as far as like the mexico versus peru rivalry a lot of mexicans will tell you this some of them will never admit some of it unfortunately is racism but some of them will never admit that peru is better than them they look at them as Part of the Indios, you know. I just be tell for what it is, indigenous, mestizos. That's what they call them. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. That's what they say they are. And even if a lot of them, that's what they are because their their heritage. That's some of them they can't bring themselves to admit that Peru is better than them because of that. And I'm just like, bro, it's very clear that Peru is better than you too. Too. No, no, no. That <laughs> they just keeps the war war going on because their ego, su orgullo. It's just so grand. It's tan, son muy, algunos son muy engraídos. Yes. Very arrogant, man. They're extremely arrogant. That machismo, man. Just, they can't. And I'm just like, guys, y'all got to come down on this, man. Or I'm going to keep. And I, it's probably what they want. I'm going to keep humbling you until you come down on it. That's what just kept things going. Because they're like, nah, nah. Send, send Vegeta to Mexico. We'll beat him. Only one person beat, beat Vegeta the whole time he was there. It was Kuno. That was the only person. And he was there for, fuck, three weeks. <laughs> and he only lost to one person in three weeks. Come on now. So. You know, before we get out of the Latin American chapter with you, quick question. I mean, again, go, going back even to 2010, how did Zeus uh, match up against everybody else? Because, I mean, he was a ridiculously strong player. He's still ridiculously strong. He's still ridiculously strong. He's He's number two in Mexico right now. I don't know. Between him, well, right now I would say he's probably number three in Mexico. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I, uh, the the top three in Mexico right now. Number one is Kuno, and then that's a totally different subject by itself. Kuno, Kuno is number one. I would say Kula and Zeus are probably between number two right now. But yeah, Zeus matches up pretty well. He matches up very well against Mono. I have that video. Mono actually came to Juarez in 20 fuck. It was like 2019. I think. Yeah, he came in 2019, and he it, they tied. They, they split. Mono and Zeus. It was very good. And uh, other than that, Zeus is he's had a ba bad matchup against Peru. Against Toshi, it's just a bad matchup. Toshi just, it's a bad matchup for to Toshi and Zeus. Against Vegeta, recently when Vegeta went there, bad matchup. Vegeta is just a bad matchup. So, yeah, I mean, he's very good. It's just He just had some bad matchups against the Peruvians. He's no. extremely talented. And of course, and of course, you know he he does more things. I mean, KOF for him now is just like a little bit of a pastime, right? This guy's a family man. Yeah, he's a family man now. Yeah, he's he's you know he's he's married, you know, stuff like that. So we we we're talking to him. He's got a sponsor with a Alukov America. Uh, uh, Alukov. There's some some guys I knew that they went to uh, our event with Vegeta, and so he's got. The, we're trying to get him on board with the new wave thing because I've convinced him to look, man. You want to try new wave with TUM because that's how you you want a rematch against Vegeta, right? So I told him. So I said, you want a rematch against Vegeta? You do this, you, you'll get it. And so we're getting them Juarez up to speed with that so that they can actually help join us, you know, playing more than just 2002. So yeah, you mentioned sponsorships for Zeus. Uh, what are sponsorships like in Mexico and Latin America? What kind of companies, you know, back these players? It's basically just people sending them, just sending them places to play games. That's basically it. I mean, remember, I mean, we were we were the first one to do this. Nobody else was doing this when we were doing it. And to this point, that's basically all it is. I mean, a lot of stuff I see right now 
and it's unfortunate, but it's just the, what, what we see. We, we call like we see it. We see a lot of people trying to be like us. That's basically what we see. So they're just, we've left the world behind, that 2002 world. All we see are people still trying to do that. <laughs> that's all they're trying to do. They're, well, it's, well, it's like you said, us. that's all they kind of really know down there. Yes. So they're just trying to, hey, uh, we're going to continue Mexico World versus Peru. I went, uh, Sintoshi. Or uh, we were going to go to Peru and play blah, blah, blah in 2002. And I'm, you know, so it's like, it's just, that's just, they, they keep, that's the cycle they stay in, man. That's it. That's, that's you, the world they're in. Uh, moving on from this. Not uh, all of them. Oh, not all of them. A lot. <laughs> when you uh, yeah. sent Kula over to Japan, how did that get arranged? And how long did he stay over there for? And, you know, what, what, were, his, what, was, what were his experiences? Did you go along with him or was he on his own? No. I sent him on his own. So it was two times I went to Japan. Twice, actually. Uh, the first time is a long story. That's part of a little scam incident that everyone knows about that he tried to pull on me. But I caught him in it, and we got him going there. Uh, so uh, first time he said he went, we found out he didn't. <laughs> and so I just basically said, uh, you need to go <laughs> now. <laughs> so I've sent you all this money for you to say you were in Japan. You need to go now. <laughs> so, uh, but long story short, he went that time. He was there for about three weeks. Uh, I, I, his mission, I told him, was to, again, finish this up. Mexico versus Japan chapter. I said, man, this went all the way back to what we did in Juarez, bro. We finally get to close this chapter. I need you to find all these players in 2002. And go and play the other games too while you're there. Yes, but... This is why you're here. I need you to finish this chapter. I'll when send you, you whatever you need. Enjoy Japan. When you, I need uh, you to close this chapter. When you realize what he did, when he basically said to yourself, he scammed you, uh, why Why did you still want to send him over mm -hmm. there? I know you say you wanted to finish the chapter, but was it because he's the most logical person to send over there at the time because he was the strongest? Or, I no. Mean, if, I mean, somebody, I if somebody I scams sent... me, I, I wouldn't trust him anymore. Like, Why, why did you of trust course. him? Again, because I'm a man of my word. So I just, like I said, I tell people I'm a man of my word. That's, you know, so I said, I'm going to finish it as it is. I've already seen it. So I'm like, you need to go. So you are, you know, period. I mean, you've got us, our name on integrity on the line. Here I am, you know, telling people you're supposed to be there. And you've got people now coming after me saying, what did you do with him? You know, accusing me and stuff because of you. You need to make this right. So <laughs> he did. He made that right at least. And he went. And, you know, the rest is history there. He was just telling me about how when he finally did go, and you could tell. I'm like, well, shoot, bro, you said you were there, you know, but now you're sending all these pictures when you finally did get there, huh? Uh-huh. So, of course, you weren't there. You're like, when you finally even hit the lead, hit the airport, not even hit the airport, you were taking pictures. But you said you were there, right? So, now he got to the point where he actually arrived in the airport because he didn't show up the last time. People are like, well, send me some pictures because I don't believe you there. Because he scammed me, right? So he literally sent a picture. I said, guys, he's literally there this time. <laughs> he's in the airport. That is Japan. Uh, uh, send me some more pictures. I don't believe him. <laughs> so, I'll take yeah, a picture uh, with a Japanese girl, right? Yeah. Picture says Tokyo Olympics, 20-whatever. <laughs> I was like, bro, he got, he's actually there this time. So it's not bull. Took a picture with the guy who was supposed to pick him up. He, he was there. And then yeah. the rest was history. We're like, bro, he's actually there now. Did any, of you uh, playing Camp 13. Yeah. And then, any, of course, uh, 
Did the, any of the Latin American players envy him that he had a chance to make that trip? Oh my, you that is a whole another topic right there, man. That's a topic within a topic within a topic. Hell yes. That's all we experience. That's all we experience, man. That's all we experience is a bunch of envy. And that envy is turned into clans that are still envious of us today. Trying to beat us or do this. Even him, he has, he's with his own clan right now. Uh yeah. So that's just that's what that's 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 what that's turned into. Yes. Yes. So are you happy that yes. you got rid of that headache? I mean, because by all means, I think you said it earlier. He 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 really as talented as he is, he's a headache. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at him. He even said, and I go on the record and say this. He said, "Man, in 2016, remember 2016? What was put in perspective? That's the time. 2016 was a very important year. I'm gonna tell you why. 2016, we started Tekken in Pakistan. <laughs> we started. I said, hey. We're gonna start Tekken in Pakistan. I was talking about Hamad, Shabir, uh, Psycho Manis on, on on a couple other uh, cyber fanatics. He's no cyber soccer fan. I said, bro, let's start Tekken in Pakistan. Let's try something different. No one cares about these guys. They're not paying them attention. You know, unfortunately, people think they're all terrorists, so they're just not gonna pay them attention. That's basically the mentality. Wow. So no one cares. No, I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm gonna keep it real. So just like yeah, they 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 don't want to pay you attention. They're like, why are you messing around with Pakistan? Why are you screwing around? I said, guys. These people are telling me, and he says, man, there's some monsters in Lahore. That's what uh, Psycho Man keeps telling me. Lahore is the Tekken capital of Pakistan. Okay? So that everyone can recognize. That is the Tekken capital of Pakistan. Okay? So wait, yes. Before you all start naming these evil names, guess what city they're from? Lahore. Yes. So Elias, honey. Ours and Ash. Lahore. <laughs> So 2016, we started with this. Karachi is the KOF capital of Pakistan. So we wanted to start, we started with Karachi versus Lahore. That's kind of what we're doing. At this time, we're doing all this and we're doing it. Yeah, people aren't paying attention. I'm doing everything I can, sending all this money to send Arzan Ash. Because he's, he's like, hey, man, this guy named Arzan Ash wants to come play. He plays KOF and Tekken. Did y'all hear that? He plays KOF. And Tekken, you don't believe me? Go look on the videos. He's playing KOF 13. His name is Arslan Ash, as in Ash Crimson. He plays KOF, not just Tekken. So just keep that in in your mind, people. So we're sending him over. He's playing KOF. He's winning the KOF stuff. KOF 13, he's winning that. He's winning Tekken. Look, this guy is a natural, we're saying. And he's just he's a cool, laid-back guy. No ego, nothing. He's a real chill guy. Just like he appears on his profile, he's just real chill, humble, grateful for everything. We kept sending him over and over. And, you know, we had him versus uh, Hamza. Hamza Law. First time event we did, Karachi versus Lahore. And Hamza beat him in Tekken, Tekken Tag 2. So we were just like, you know, got everything excited. And we got KF98 and stuff. And while we're doing this, cool is like, man, no one's watching this shit, bro. No one cares. Why are you, why are you wasting your time in Pakistan? You saying, put your time on me. I'll go show do more. That's what he's saying during this entire time. So, yeah, I mean, we're here doing stuff for that. And Pakistan, it's getting expensive. I tell people it's getting very expensive. And I'm telling people for the price of one event in Pakistan, I could do five in Latin America. <laughs> so 2016 again, the, take picture. What else did we do in 2016? Kula versus Mono, right? So shit just like that just like took over. 
Because that was the fucking match of the decade. <laughs> in was this um so before? Was, was this before after Kula went over to um, China and Japan, or was Zelda? This was before two, Kula didn't go to Japan until 2017. When did he go to China? China was like last year. He played Shanghai. Oh, okay. It was for the Neo Geo World Tour. He Neo Geo World Tour. So he won because he won in Mexico. He's qualified for Kev 14 for Neo Geo World Tour. He qualified to go to the the final. The world final. That's what happened. How did that match go? And so, and, and, and so he played Shanghai. He got he 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 knew, even though he technically wasn't with LDA again. He knew what we set out to do, right? So that's why I can at least give him props for that. Everybody has his faults, you know. He does too, certainly, but he knew what we were setting out to do. So he took it upon himself to say, "Shit, we were planning to go to Taiwan anyway," because all these people kept talking about. Kioma and all these people that are so godlike in, in 2002 from from Taiwan. So we said, bro, he knew we had set out to fucking go the whole gamut, see everything, see how good they were compared to what we know in Latin America. So he said, while he was in Taiwan, I'm gonna play every one of these motherfuckers, and I'm gonna record it. And he's just and he told me personally when he finished, he sent me. He said, look, you need to upload this, you, because this is your work. That's what he said. So he played all of them. In 2002, he beat them badly, badly. Badly. I mean, we're talking like 10-0. Uh, his name, Asshole Come, or whatever the guy's name is. He beat him like 10-0. 15-0. 15-0. That's his name. He put up, yeah, he beat him 15-0. Shao Hai, he beat him 15-11. to 11. I mean, in 2002, it wasn't even close. But in KF-14, Shao Hai beat his ass. 10-1. to 10-1, to 1, Shao Hai beat his ass. So he beat his ass. And, and, but here's the thing. In Peru, they beat his ass in KF-14. In Peru, they beat his ass in 2000, 2000. In Peru, they beat his ass in 2002. So, after seeing all that, everyone's like, well, yeah, maybe we should give these Peruvians a more chance. Because at 14, they beat his ass. Like 10 3, 10 3, uh, 10 1, uh, one got 10 0. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know what? Now, the chapter of Kula going all over Asia is done. When did you uh, start deciding, let's go over, well, who contacted you from Pakistan or that area in general of the world to see if, uh, to get your services over there to try to get, you know, get them the spotlight for KOF and Tekken, like you said. Psychomanis, like I say, man. I, I hear the thing. I actually was looking around that for a while, back to SRK days, man. I was looking for trying to get in touch with Pakistan. I was talking to Bilal. Uh, uh, SRK. I, rem I remember him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I'm like, dude, I really started with him. I'm like, man, you know anybody that can help organize stuff for Pakistan? I, said, I don't know. I don't do it, man. So uh, uh, it, it, I stumbled across Psycho Manis, who he's a tournament organizer. And I said, man, you know, I've been talking to Bilal. I was telling SRK trying to get someone from Pakistan. Finally got someone. I said, yo, bro, you and me can make some stuff happen. You want to, you know, organize stuff? I'm your guy. Let, let, let's, let's do this. And so that's when it started, 2016, man. 2016 stuff was just kicking off. We were doing stuff. We even did a 2002 event in Pakistan, and it, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Going forward, now certainly the whole world is watching them now. Obviously, the world is paying attention to Pakistan now. But I'm like, guys, we were doing this back in 2016. Y'all weren't paying attention. Now y'all want to pay attention because of you know what just happened. But we were doing this then, and we're gonna go right back to it now since 2002 is not dominating so much of our time anymore. Going it's forward, it up. 
going forward, you said it yourself, uh, 2K2, there's nothing more for you to get done on there. You you got some of your own people. Uh, what's her name? Athena down in Mexico mm -hmm. who's going to be uh, taking care of all that for you. So where's all your uh, energy going to be focused on now? Right now it's focused on, I'm telling people, my most of my energy is going to focus on people with world championships. So Peru and Pakistan. Something that I've been wanting to set up for a while, Peru versus Pakistan in KOF and Tekken. Now I think we now is the perfect opportunity post COVID, of course, to make that happen because uh, they're both they're both monsters. Peru is world champion in 2002, world champion in Pump It Up, world champion in Tekken Tag One. Pump it up. So, <laughs> yes, world champion in Tekken Tag One. And so you know, obviously, Pakistan's been a world champion in Tekken Seven, very clearly. They play all these other games as well, and I'm like, now is the perfect opportunity to. You know, give Peru a lot of the spotlight uh, and, and then mix up in Pakistan. Try all these other countries as well, a little bit even in the middle. So like 75% world champion countries, 25% the others, including Mexico. And yeah, give it a different and keep a variety this time. Variety, variety. So the main thing is now variety. We're going to have Samurai Showdown, Last Blade, SVC Chaos, Neo Geo, Fatal Fury, World Heroes, Tekken Tag, Tekken Tag 2, Tekken 7, Street Fighter Third Strike, Street Fighter 5 Championship Edition. We're going to mix Street Fighter 2 Championship. I mean, all that, we're going to mix it up as much as we can, man. That's basically what Project Avengers is. It's, hey, we're going to turn Peru into the next Japan because they play damn near everything. And we're going to update these guys so much that they will be ready to go challenge Asia just like Mexico has been, we've been doing for the past couple of years. Hey, listen, I know... Um... Uh, you basically tuned out the North American scene for many years, almost a decade now. Uh, have you gotten any feedback from anybody, the KOF, the SNK community here? It's like, why couldn't, why didn't you focus your efforts here? I, we're seeing what you're doing in Latin America, and you're doing a pretty good job, obviously. If anybody goes to your mm -hmm. YouTube channel, you'll see. Have you gotten anybody from North America saying, why didn't you focus your energies here? And you could have brought that to, uh, you know, your native, your native land. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is now, things are a little more open because I've got connections from from the tip of Mexico all the way down to the chip of Chile. So now things could... I feel like I kind of did. That's kind of what I tell people because, remember, we brought I brought y'all romance and bala. <laughs> so when I went to final round and stuff like that, I had to show you all what I was seeing because you are, you know, so I feel like that's... I, show, I was like, you see it for yourself. So now I just look like now things are more open. Things are more open now. So I think things are totally open now with 2002 being gone. We're, 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 we're way more open. So like KO 15, for example, moving forward. Uh, I'm looking in, like I told Romance, looking in SoCal, looking at other parts, Northeast, all the stuff. And we're, we're going to be bringing back NGBC and all these other games. So we're going to be giving everybody from the United States all the way down to Chile pretty much an opportunity open it up this is not just latin america I'm you, this is the entire american continent we're going to open it up so if y'all want to be serious we want to give you the opportunity to prove yourselves but you're going to have to be serious because these guys down south are <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to have to bring your absolute a game or you're going to run into a culture shock as much as i did when i went there and i saw how much skill is down there so have you ever given any consideration to organizing the event just for north america yeah yes I actually have, especially now that I'm thinking NGBC. 
when we do when we get to Neil Joe Battle Coliseum, when we get to Third Strike, when we get to uh, I'm sure to a couple other a couple, couple other games, for especially like Battle Coliseum, the United States is like top in the world. So I'm gonna hit up the triad again, and what I'm probably gonna do is I'm gonna say, hey, look, man, I need I, we need some people to play Neil Joe Battle Coliseum. We're gonna need the people to show, uh, and I'm gonna bring some people up from these other countries. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna bring some people up from Peru that I've been training, Mexico. And we're going to have an international event. And I said we could do this in the United States. And we can have USA versus Peru versus versus Mexico. I think it'd be pretty interesting. I think so. Yeah. And then we got the new Samurai game. So once we get everybody caught up, Peru, with the up, up the new Samurai, then I can bring Colombia, Chile, up, up. Chile, here's another thing. In front of the tournament Shanghai. Another one of the reasons we were able to do that versus sending the Peruvians to face Shanghai 98 is because Chile can enter United States, no problem. No, I mean, without visa. Oh, wow. So they, yeah. So like you look at Chile's flag, and you look at the Texas flag, and that's all I got to say. It's pretty much the same. So there's something there. <laughs> so they, they can walk in free. So that helped Mysterio out a lot. He would have gone to a lot of United States tournaments. That's why we were able to get Infirmal Tournament over Shallow pretty easily versus, say, Cesar Dash or Joker, who are much or much stronger players. We, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to just get a firmo. So stuff like that we're able to do with, like, the new Samurai game and stuff like that, and I'm looking into stuff like that in the future. So, You know, again, you've been at this almost now a decade. and well, Over a decade. Well, I mean, yeah, we're talking, like I said, since decade, 2000, 2005 to 2020. 15 so about 15 years. years. Well, minus this yes. year, you know, because of everything with COVID. But I st you still yeah, get Yeah, yeah, this year I'll cut it. I'll cut some slack. This year it's kind of, <laughs> kind of, we all in a bubble, kind of. But this year just kind of just, we all just chilling. Okay, so, <laughs> so 14 years of all your effort doing all this, how much appreciation yeah. from Latin America and Brazil and Chile have, have you received that, you know, you've given us the chance to play these these countries that we otherwise would never be able to, you know, how, how much appreciation and, like, how does it make you feel you've actually been able to accomplish what you started off to do? Uh, you said it right, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of the appreciation is coming from the countries down south, south. Uh, like Peru and stuff like that. I'm getting a lot of appreciation from them. Uh, they're very hungry. Uh, so, I mean, I look at, I look back at it, and again, it just, I feel like it's what I'm here to do. So everyone has something, like, you know, they feel they're, they're strong, they're calling for. I feel like this is a, a higher calling for me. This is, I feel like, what I need to do to help these people here. And when I feel like I don't need to do it, like with 2002, I'm done. But I'm on to other stuff. You know, I'm just going to do this as long as I can because... I feel like this is what I need to I need to be doing. Simple as that. So. Well, listen, man. Everything that you've done, I fully enjoyed it. I'm actually going to go and find that Kula versus Mono match. You told me that's the best 2K2 match you've ever seen. And with Yeah, that, Kula versus Mono. Yeah, with that, man, I would like to conclude this episode. And I want to thank you for being on this. You know, I, I really appreciate it. I know we have some technical difficulties there, but we managed a way to finish it. And get those guys off of 2K2. You know, keep doing what you're doing. And also, yeah, where can man, people reach you at, man? Yeah, for sure. Where so. can people reach you at? What are your social media outlets? Social media outlets, I've got... Facebook is the biggest one. Because that's... Everybody is there. Everybody. So, I would say Facebook will be the biggest one under my name, Lucas Allen. Uh, it's L-U-K-U-S. Uh, and then Allen, A-L-L-E-N. That's the biggest way to get me. I have a couple of Facebooks because... I, 
you know, the 5,000 friend limit. So once I do that, I can't accept anymore. So I've got like two Facebooks, two or three, so that if people just want to add and then be able to follow, that is the fastest way to follow. Uh, I, I try to update the YouTube as much as possible with updates and stuff to keep people uh, otherwise notated what's going on, as that's a lot of people as well. Uh, I'm trying to get into Twitter. <laughs> I don't do it too much, but I'm just now trying to do it. Just, just another way to keep people on in the loop what's going yeah, on yeah you literally Those created a twitter account just to talk to me you know to set this yeah up. I literally yeah <laughs> so, mind you i joined twitter about a week ago or whatever the heck it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, yeah i don't have a really have like a gaming twitter i just use twitter just for basically shits and giggles so well it's listen man <laughs> listen darkies or you are known as darkies lucas lucas allen thank you very much for being on the show i'm sure we're gonna have a follow-up episode soon so you just stay in touch Absolutely. and you take care out there, man. Thank you for everything that you've done for the KOF community, especially down. Sure, in, man. Uh, Hope y'all enjoy everything. And uh, we're not done yet. I feel like it's just we just concluded a chapter. So it's not. I'm not saying I'm done yet. You know, God willing, as long as I'm alive, right? You know, even if we don't know what happens tomorrow. None of us do. Exactly. As long as I'm in this body and able to, believe me, I'm gonna keep stuff going. So. All right, brother. You have yourself a good night, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. That's Lucas Allen. Guys, have yourself a good night. Brother, take care. Thank you, you too. All right, man. Well, that was a lot of fun. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production. <laughs>